This is CNT Talk. Every week, two friends debate the issues of the ages as we agree to disagree. It's never politically correct, but it's always entertaining. Join us tonight so you can sound knowledgeable at work tomorrow. We're smacking you upside the head with the hammer of truth. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. Uh, it's just me right now. Uh, Tony and I are going to try to get back together, but right now I just had some stuff to share. So I thought I'd give these quicker, I don't know, quicker interludes um, with just me and it may be good, it may be bad, depending on who you are. But I just wanted to get it out there and, and basically give you some thoughts on um, some things going on right now. So I will get to uh, the Ukraine here in a second, but I, I wanted to play a clip and it's a lengthy clip from uh, Joe Biden. Uh, he sat down for an interview uh, with a man named Brian Tyler Cohen, who you don't have to know his politics, but they lean more Joe Biden's way than probably Tony and I. Um, but I want you to listen to some of the things he said, and I'll, I'll discuss it after I play the clip. But just listen closely to what Joe Biden says, if you can follow what Joe Biden is saying. But take a listen. Speaking of that, moving, looking back inward at home, um, you know, we're in this rare sliver of time where Democrats have unified control of government in the House, the Senate, and the White House, um, and yet our agenda has been moving slower than we would have liked. What's your message to Democrats who say that, that our elected officials can't deliver, and so what's the point of showing up to vote? Well, two things. One, uh, I think the biggest uh, impact on the psychology of the country has been covid Almost a million Americans have died of COVID. And, uh, and so I think it's hard for people to get their arms around the fact that we have the fastest growing economy in 40 years. Wages are actually up, not down. Unemployment is the lowest it's been. It's under, under you know, it's just incredibly low. And it's around the, the, in the three-point range. Um, we find ourselves in a position where it's hard to fully appreciate that when you wake up in the morning and wonder not whether or not your uncle, aunt, mother, father, son, daughter who has COVID are going to be okay. And as Vivek Murthy, the Surgeon General, points out, I think one of the significant things we're going to find 10 years from now is a phenomenal negative psychological impact that COVID has had on the public psyche. And so you have an awful lot of people who are uh, notwithstanding the fact that, uh, that uh, things have gotten so much better for them economically, uh, that they are thinking, but how do you get up in the morning feeling happy? Right. Happy that everything's all right, even though your job is better, even though you have more income, even though, and then on top of that, because of COVID, supply chains have been so interrupted that now you have inflation. And inflation is, a, for example, one third of all inflation a month ago was uh, the price of automobiles. Well, why did they get so high? They don't have those little computer chips. So they don't, you know, we invented them here in the United States who we went to the moon. We don't make them much anymore. We're starting to now. But what happens is when where they're made in, in parts of Southeast Asia and Taiwan and other places, and we don't get them to us quick enough and can't get there, everything slows up. The same way with, you know, you have uh, from Ukraine to, to, uh, to Russia, you know, wheat and all those, things, those products. The generic point is that I think that it's uh, we're gaining 
control of that. We're going we're gonna to get there. But it really is disquieting for people. But I can tell them that hope is on the way. We have more tools now to deal with COVID than we've ever, ever had. We have, I've ordered millions of pills, over 20 million pills that Pfizer come up with. Even if you haven't had a, a vaccination and you get COVID, you take the pill, you're not going to go to the hospital. And shots in arms and the ability to have boosters. And so I think we're going to see things changing, but it's difficult, especially for people who have, uh, get up in the morning, sit down to breakfast and sit across from an empty chair. In a- so <clears throat> a lot to unpack there. Uh, I won't go over everything he said to verbatim, but I want to ask you a question that Ronald Reagan asked in 1984. Are you better off today than you were? And it, Reagan said four years ago, but are you better off today than you were in 2020, you know, January, 2021, February, 2021? Are you better off today? Now, if you can honestly answer that and say yes, then maybe the president has gauged you correctly. But if you can't, then you have to ask yourself, is this something that could be controlled and could be fixed to make me better off or at least equal to what I was a year ago? And, and I, would, I, I would caution some of what the president said there. I, I would agree that I think the psychological ramifications of COVID and everything else that has come with it, not just COVID, the being locked in your home, uh, two weeks to slow the curve, which is two years now, um, businesses that don't exist anymore simply because they couldn't stay open. They, they were running on thin margins. If you can tell me that you feel like your wages have kept up with pricing, I can't say that. And and then I don't think I don't think there's anybody in this country who can honestly say that. So unless you got a seven and a half percent raise in the last year, nobody has kept up with inflation. So you, you've heard about COLAs, cost of living uh, adjustment. Nobody has gotten a cost of living adjustment equal to what inflation was. What that means is you spend more of your money, and Joe Biden may be right. Wages are up. The push for 15, the push for everything else. Wages are up, but you can't buy as much as you could a year ago with those extra wages. So you're not better off economically than you were a year ago. Now, if you are, good for you. But I think the vast majority of Americans are not better off economically than they were a year ago. Many would say they're far worse. Every time you go to fill up your car with gasoline, you're reminded of how not okay you are with that. Uh, these stickers pop up uh, with Biden pointing at the, the number of the, of the price of the gas and saying, I did that. Now there's some coming out with Trump saying, Biden did that. The reality is we were energy exporters under Donald Trump. Forget everything else you think about Donald Trump. We were energy exporters. We are now energy importers in a year. Energy importers in one year. Not because we ran out of fossil fuels, but because we stopped going after those fossil fuels. We, we canceled the Keystone XL pipeline. And then Joe Biden has the audacity to tell uh, oil companies not to gouge the customer. I think sometimes government does not understand economics. Well, I think sometimes, I think most of the time they don't understand economics. A short supply of something will require the price to go up. 
Okay. Just think about that. If you, when we didn't have toilet paper in 2020, did the price of toilet paper go up? Yes. It was hard to come by. And if you could get it, it was limited supply and it was more expensive. Have those prices come back down? No. Uh, you see, pick, pick any, any good, any commodity, a good out there that you use on a regular basis, milk, uh, bread, eggs, flour, anything you want to talk about. They've all cost more. Now, that's part of the, that's the transportation problem, which is Joe Biden talked about it there. He talked about the supply chain. Our supply chain was built on a just-in-time process, meaning we didn't store a lot of things. Now, commodities, when you grow it, pull it out of the field, you got to transport it. You can't let it sit indefinitely. So that was a little bit different in, from a supply chain standpoint. But durable goods, if you, if you bought a car, he, he references cars, cars have microchips in them. Now, what most people don't understand is these are outdated microchips in most cases. I, I, would, I, I would claim that anybody who buys a car today that came factory new is already outdated technologically probably by five years or more. So what you're getting is already outdated, and that's a brand new product to you. So as other manufacturers go away from those chips, you've got less and less uh, companies making the chips that they need for those cars, which is why we have the supply chain issue for cars. They can be 95% complete, except they don't have the chips to make everything work. Um, and you can go back to screaming on your lawn, old man screaming on his lawn, talking about how cars used to be able to work on cars. You didn't need a computer, didn't need a degree. You could just work on cars. Part of that's true. Um, a lot of these computerizations in cars make it harder and harder to work on, and you need specific parts that you may not be able to get. So that makes it a problem. But the whole point of Joe Biden is we're going to have this, I won't call it the malaise because I think Kamal Harris has done that, the malaise discussion that Jimmy Carter had in the 70s. You can't wake up in the morning and feel like things are good when they're not. And telling people that COVID is a reason, you know, because the economy is great and unemployment's down and Nate, check it off. It doesn't really matter where it's. Those are may factually be true. Wages are up. Unemployment is down. It's not down to where it was with uh, Trump in 2019, but we still had COVID. Um, and it's down about 4%. It was 3.6% with Trump. Um, but much like we saw in 2008, people stopped trying to get a job. If you, go, if you try to find your, your favorite restaurant, is it still open? If it is open, is it open the same hours it was open before? Is it still staffed to the same level? Um, is the food, is the quality and the portions the same for the same price? I would say none of that's true. If your restaurant's still open, it's got reduced hours, reduced staffing, smaller portions, higher prices. Now tell me, as an American, tell me how that's better than it was a year ago. You know, we were coming out of COVID. Some would say we were out of it then. Some would say we weren't, regardless of how you feel about that. Stuff came, got back open, and none of that was hitting yet. Biden takes over in January 2021, and a lot of things happened. A lot of things changed under that new administration, which always happens. You get a new president, you get new rules, regulations they want to push through. But I would question how you could say with a straight face that you're better off than you were a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, COVID notwithstanding. 
You, you can't say that. But that's what we're being told to believe. This is what the administration of Joe Biden is telling us. You're better off. You just don't know it. It's COVID making you not realize that you're better off. Okay, COVID factors in, but when my electric prices for my home have gone up 40%, I don't get more energy. I just pay 40% more. Uh, whether it's natural gas, electricity, coal, oil, whatever you're using. Um, when when what, the price of public water goes up, when the price of tolls on the roads go up, when the price of gas goes up, when the price of food goes up, you, you know, you start to go, um, Mr. President, I, I don't know that you're speaking the same language as me uh, because I don't see what you're seeing apparently. And I don't understand how you can sit there with straight fit. Now, maybe it's the cheerleader in chief. Maybe the president has to be more of a cheerleader. And, and again, I didn't vote for Joe Biden. So I'm not, I'm not taking the, the hit for, telling you he was he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. I, I don't believe he was. I don't believe he was prior to this, and I still don't believe he is. But he is the president, and he has a certain role to play. I'm just not sure he's playing the role factually and accurately. I mean, if you tell somebody the sky is purple and it's blue, they start to question whether or not they can trust you if what you're saying is factually incorrect and everybody can tell that it's incorrect. The emperor's new clothes type of thing. You, you can't say things that are wildly inaccurate and then expect people to buy it because it, it sounds insane, really. Um, case in point, um, we're talking about Ukraine and Russia, and uh, FEMA has put out yeah, duck and cover. If, you, if you're of certain age, you duck and cover, uh, get under your desk and put your hands over your head and something will... will Somehow that'll protect you from a nuclear blast. It didn't make sense in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. It doesn't make sense now. But they put this out. Now, here's what they said. And this is, a, this is directly from FEMA. If you're sheltering in a basement, which is recommended, then you need to stay six feet away from other people and make sure you wear a mask. Let, let that sink in for a second. Stay six feet away from other people, especially if they're not in your household, and wear a mask. Um, I'm certain, I'm positive that if there's a nuclear blast nearby, my biggest concern isn't COVID. Okay? If your biggest concern, if a nuclear bomb goes off nearby, is COVID, your priorities are not in the correct order, sir. Um, so I appreciate that this is what's happening. Uh, but I don't quite understand. I, I believe the, I think it was the New York Times or CNN, I can't remember who it was now. Um, people were fleeing the Ukraine, fleeing from, from Western Ukraine into Romania. And somebody took the time to point out that the video showed all these people fleeing for their lives without masks on. So if that's your priority, then maybe you don't get to speak for a while because you're not quite grasping the gravity of the situation. If I'm trying to grab everything I own and flee with my family from a war, I maybe I'll wear a mask, maybe I won't, but I'm pretty sure that's not my biggest concern at the moment. Maybe I'll be concerned about that a month from now, but I'm not concerned about it right now. I'm trying to get out to live. Same thing with a nuclear blast. If, if you're worried about the nuclear blast, or not worried about the nuclear blast, but worried about catching COVID, 
okay, you've got other issues that you need to deal with. So let's talk about Ukraine and Russia. Um, Tony and I touched on this on our last uh, podcast. At that time, there was rumor that this had happened, but Russia has invaded, and it started as a peacekeeping mission, which is code for not peacekeeping mission, I want to take territory. So anytime a country comes in with uh, 130,000 troops, it's not a peacekeeping mission usually, uh, especially been saber-rattling for months. So um, I'm not a Putin fan. I don't know that. I don't believe Tony's a Putin fan. I don't know anybody in, in the West who is a Putin fan. Uh, so this, this um, broadcast from the, the mainstream media is that all Republicans are, are Putin fans. You know, see, they're, they're propping up Putin. They, 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 they like Putin. I don't understand where that comes from other than just trying to deflect. I guess that's the only thing I can come up with. But Russia has invaded. Uh, by all reports, it hasn't gone as swiftly as Putin may have expected. I don't know if I buy all that. I mean, I, I think he should have been realistic enough to know that he was they weren't just going to roll over. There's 44 million people. Um, even if some of them resisted 130,000 troops, there's a good chance they've outnumbered you. Um, just doing the math in my head. Carry the yeah, I, I think there's more Ukrainian citizens than there are Russian troops. Now, that doesn't mean there can't be uh, bloodshed, and they certainly might be better equipped. But the reality is this is not something where you can just say, oh, well, you know, Putin just doing Putin things in 2014 and, and all that. I don't, I don't understand. Um, well, I do. I understand how we got here. I don't understand why we are here. This should not, this should not have happened. Okay. So you can go back to 2014. Tony, I talked about it with Obama. Hey, give me a chance after this, you know, get reelected in 2012. I can get you, I can give you some flexibility. Um, I, I, I have to believe that the people making these decisions and thinking this is okay, um, truly don't care about our country. Uh, and I know that's a harsh thing to say to some people, but I don't think they care about the United States. I think they want to diminish the United States. Maybe they think, think it's self-deprecating and that somehow wins you something. I, I don't know what that is. Um, proud to be an American is kind of not appropriate anymore. Apparently you, you can't be proud of your American. You're, you're, you're horrible if you think that. Um, but I think the reality is, I think we talked about this a little bit. If you don't care about our Southern border, it's hard for me to think you care about the Ukrainian border. Okay. Um, the New York times ran a post in 2016 about no one needs an AR 15. Okay. Again, AR-15 does not mean assault rifle 15. Amylite rifle model 15. It is a semi-automatic, meaning you have to pull the trigger multiple times. New York Times doesn't understand that because they don't understand weapons in the slightest. Or if they do, they're being uh, willfully ignorant of that fact. So he said, why does anybody need an AR-15? They're then, this this past week, talking about the Ukrainian government giving out AK-57s to citizens to fight the Russians, and they were praising that. Now, an AK-57 is an automatic rifle, okay? So you pull the trigger, and it shoots off the clip as long as you're holding the trigger. That is different than an AR-15, but how is it a semi-automatic rifle? Nobody should need that. But if you're defending yourself from tyrants, that's okay. 
do, do you see the irony here? It is a little, little hard to fathom sometimes. This is a country, and I don't have any particular feelings one way or the other about the Ukraine. But I think the geopolitical consequences of the Ukraine stem from Afghanistan and our aborted efforts to get out of Afghanistan and leave people behind. Um, Ukraine is another domino, if you like, if you want to go back to the 50s and 60s, the domino theory. This is a time when the world is watching. Now, you can say, oh, well, you know, Putin doesn't seem to be winning as much as he wanted, and, and maybe this is all it's going to be. It won't be. Um, there's an agreement between China and Russia. Now, these are two parties that had an, have an uneasy history, let's say that. Uh, they don't typically work well together, even though they were ideologically aligned. Uh, Russia always, well, Soviet Union always thought they were the big brother and could tell China what to do, and China doesn't like to be told what to do by anybody. So you, you can see how that might have worked. Uh, but ideologically, they're going to say, hmm, okay, so Ukraine gets invaded by Russia. China's going, hey, don't look over here. We're going after Taiwan. Taiwan's ours. We've always said it was ours. It's always been ours. I don't know what you think it was not ours. It's always been ours. Um, yeah, that's that's the next domino to fall because we look weak on the world stage. Now, did we have to be in this situation? No, we we promised Ukraine uh we, we promised them we would support them if they gave up their nukes in 1994. And we didn't mean it. <laughs> I mean, that's the reality. We didn't mean it. We meant it in the f- sense that let's get rid of the nukes, but we didn't mean it in the actual squishy way of actually providing troops and support. We, we didn't even want to sell them weapons. I mean, Trump was selling them weapons, but Obama wouldn't sell them weapons. So we didn't really want to support them. We we just wanted to talk about supporting them because that's so much better than actually supporting them. Uh, we didn't want to get our hands dirty, so we we gave a tacit promise. Now it wasn't it wasn't a, a a treaty signed you know approved by the Senate, so it wasn't a binding treaty. But if you if you've tied yourself to another country and suddenly that country says yeah no. Fingers crossed. We didn't really mean it. We weren't really going to do anything. I mean, why did you think that was going to happen? Did you really think we were going to go to war for you? No, we weren't going to go to war for you. That's that's a little that's disconcerting. We we did it in Afghanistan. You know, uh, it, we're doing it in Ukraine. I mean, all the sanctions in the world. Think about this: Have sanctions ever had regime change? I'll let you think about that. They've never, there's never been a regime change due to sanctions. Um, they make it hard on the populace. They make it harder for a totalitarian government to function. Did we get rid of Saddam Hussein through sanctions? No. How about Iran? No. Um, Cuba? Yeah, Cuba. Did we get rid of Fidel Castro and his brother Raul due to sanctions for 60 plus years? No, we, we did not. So this idea that sanctions are going to somehow make Vladimir Putin not invade. You do the sanctions, but you don't sit there and go, well, this is going to fix everything because we've got sanctions. That doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything to him. That calculus is built into the invasion. So if you think he didn't think, oh, they're probably going to sanction me. They're probably going to sanction my supporters. Oh, no. What will I do? I never thought of that. No, that, that's it's ridiculous to say that wasn't something that was already built into the discussion. 
So having that out there, it's, it's something, but it's not much. It's not much of something. Again, we're not willing to put boots on the ground. Okay. Boots on the ground is how you win wars. You don't win wars through aerial attacks only. You, you cause disruption, you cause damage, but you don't win a war with aerial combat only. I, I think the Luftwaffe showed us that in World War II. Um, you can do a lot. Even in Iraq in 91, when we were bombing Baghdad and bombing the Iraqi countryside, we still had to put boots on the ground. I don't care how many smart bombs you have. You can harden a target, and they're still alive. You can't get rid of them all. Now, you can go nuclear, which I guess Putin has threatened, but I'm not sure what that serves other than a doomsday. Give me Ukraine or I blow up something, I guess. I, I don't know. Um, but outside of a nuclear attack, and even that might not really take out the people you think you want to take out. You'll take out a lot of people, but you won't necessarily take out the people you think you're going to take out. What else do you do? I mean, you put boots on the ground. It's the long and the short of it. I'm not a military tactician, but I understand that. So I have to believe that somebody in the Biden White House understands that too. I don't know if it's necessarily Joe Biden, but somebody understands that. So the sanctions are going to do practically nothing, which is, but it seems like we're doing something. He can claim I'm a statesman and I'm negotiating and we share intelligence with China for reasons nobody can quite grasp, hoping they will tell Russia to stop, even though they're encouraging Russia to do what they're doing so they have a distraction so they can go after Taiwan. See, that's, that's the, we were told the A team was back in charge. The, 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 the adults were back in the room. Um, I will question a lot of things Donald Trump did, but I will tell you, I don't think the A team is in charge right now bunch of retread B teamers, maybe C teamers at best, but these are not A teamers. And to tell me otherwise is disingenuous. And I can see what I'm seeing and I don't, I don't believe what I'm seeing is accurate. So what we're being fed from our government isn't necessarily an accurate representation of what you see in your world, whether it's here at home or overseas. There, there are bigger ramifications on the overseas national security front. Um, you don't think that there are um, bad actors coming across our southern border who are trying to affect change for other bad actors? Yeah, then you're naive as well. Um, Two million people coming through and just being resettled to the interior of the United States. Uh, don't believe for a second that isn't having some of those. No, some of those could be very fine people. But some of those could be not so fine people, and they're still going to be here causing all sorts. You're not going to see, you're going to know for a long time what happened, but it's going to be bad at some point. Um, that, that's my fear. I don't, I don't know anything, so I don't know that that's true, but I, I am fearful that there are people who are uh, less than honest about their intentions coming here. Um, but to tell, to tell the American public that you're, everything's good. You just don't realize it's good because, you know, you've, you've been in an abusive relationship and you just don't realize what good looks like. Um, yes, I have been in an abusive relationship. I'm in an abusive relationship right now. You are abusing me on a daily basis, economically and psychologically. And yet I don't believe you when you tell me it's good. It, it is not good. Um, you can keep telling me that, but it doesn't make it true. Um, I don't care how many times you repeat it. It doesn't make it true. So 
that's my thoughts. Uh, Tony and I will get back together and have some other thoughts, maybe have some expanded thoughts on those things. Uh, but it, it's disconcerting that we have such an out of touch administration with what's really going on. And you can clearly see that in your own daily lives. If that's the case, maybe you need to tell, tell the president with your vote in November, I'm not buying what you're selling. So sell it somewhere else. All right. Thanks for joining me. I'm Chad. Good night. This has been a Hannah Tree production.